this is a really different way of worshiping together. Um, but you know, this is only for a season. Um, I think we can either use this time to obsess over every anxiety-producing headline and lament about the isolation that we feel from the necessary social distancing, or we can see this as an opportunity. As Andrew said in his Facebook Live uh, post at River Riverside yesterday morning, we can choose this time to breathe, to have more quiet time in God's Word and prayer and more time with our families. We live in a rapidly changing world, and we have to be adaptable in the face of it. Our time apart will simply make our, our coming back together in worship that much sweeter. God's love remains, and we are still the church, as Andrew said. We can help our neighbors and our friends and even people we don't know by showing the love of Jesus. So, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us in the midst of difficult times. Thank you for providing everything that we need. Calm our fear and anxiety. Center our hearts on Jesus. Help us live out his mission to heal the world. Amen. Well, we've named this Wednesday Night Lenten series Called Deeper, The Way of Jesus. We're exploring how God calls us deeper in faith by inviting us to walk the way that Jesus walked, uh, to live in the kind of rhythm and attitude that Jesus had. Jesus lived with boldness. He wasn't afraid to do things that were controversial. It was like he went out of his way to stir up trouble with the religious authorities. He actually made a whip and drove money changers and people who were selling animals in the temple out of the temple. He went places that he wasn't supposed to go and did things he wasn't supposed to do. Not just to flaunt the rules, but to point people to God's surprising love and grace. He ate meals with sinners and outsiders like they were family. He touched people with diseases and illnesses that made them spiritually unclean. But instead of them making Jesus unclean, his touch healed them. He even touched people who were dead and brought them back to life. Often he healed people and raised them up on the Sabbath, which was the day when no one was supposed to work, to demonstrate what the reign of God looks like. Jesus usually hung out with the least, the lost, and the most vulnerable people. Well, today we're going to look at the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the, uh, at the well. Uh, this is in John chapter 4. So I invite you to grab a Bible or open a Bible app on a phone. Uh, probably not the one that you're using to watch this. If that's what you're doing, that can be a little tricky. Uh, for some of us, it's such a familiar story that we can miss some of the details that we need to hear. I won't read the entire chapter, the, the story actually goes through most of the chapter, but I'll retell the story and point out some important things along the way. 
So it starts off by saying that Jesus left Judea. This is in, in verse 3 of chapter 4. Jesus left Judea and went, went back once more to Galilee. Uh, Galilee was where he had started his ministry. This might be a helpful time for us to have a little map. Here we go. Um, that shows where this is all happening. So here's the Mediterranean Sea. This is Israel, the Dead Sea down here. Uh, so Jerusalem is just a little bit west of the Dead Sea, and that, that whole area is called Judea. And then way up in the north by the Sea of Galilee is this region called Galilee, and that's where Jesus began his ministry, where he called his disciples, where he walked on water, all those sorts of things. Uh, so it said that Jesus left Judea and went back to Galilee and he had to go through Samaria. Now Samaria is right there in the middle. That's the easiest way for them to get there. But in those days Jews would actually cross the Jordan River and go all the way around on the east side to avoid going through Samaria. They had a lot of conflict with the people in Samaria and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. It was like it was a bad neighborhood that they didn't want to go through. But it's John says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He uses that word had to throughout the Gospel of John to say this is necessary for God's plan. Jesus was compelled to go through Samaria. The Holy Spirit had a purpose for him there. So he boldly walked right in. Sometimes the Holy Spirit takes us places that are outside our comfort zones so that he can work through us in new ways to reach other people. And that's what, hap that's what happened here. Around noon, in the heat of the day, Jesus was tired. And so he sat down at a well that Jacob had dug hundreds of years before. And then a, uh, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. And a Samaritan woman arrived to draw water from the well. Now that was a little odd, because usually people would draw well water in the early morning, or at the end of the day when it wasn't so hot. We don't exactly know why she came in the middle of the day. Jesus asked her for a drink of water. Now... To us, that sounds like kind of an ordinary thing to do, but for Jesus, in that day, it was a very bold thing to do. Because first of all, he was a Jewish man, and especially a teacher, would not strike up a conversation with an unknown woman. You just didn't do that. And secondly, Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. They regarded Samaritans as spiritually unclean and wouldn't even drink out of a cup that a Samaritan so the woman responded, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? But Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, the woman objects and says, well, you don't even have a bucket. The well's deep. How are you going to get any of this living water? Are you any greater than our father Jacob who built the well? She didn't realize who was sitting in front of her. Yes, Jesus is greater than Jacob and all of the patriarchs put together.
But Jesus responded to her saying, whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now the word, the phrase living water can simply mean fresh flowing water. Uh, or it can point to something deeper. Water that gives life. In your Bibles, go just a couple of pages over to John chapter 7. Um, this is where Jesus goes back to Jerusalem, goes into uh, the Feast of Tabernacles that they had each year. And this is a festival of water and light. And on the greatest day of the festival, this is verse 37, the last, the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit with this woman, but she completely missed it, and said, well, that sounds great. I'd love to have free water. Give this water to me so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to get more water. And Jesus said, go, get your husband and come back. He boldly asks her to bring someone to him. And she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, that's right. You've had five husbands, and the guy that you're with now isn't your husband. What you've said is very true. Now, we don't know why she'd had five husbands. Each of them could have died, so she could have been a grieving widow several times over, or she could have been in abusive relationships where she was tossed out on the street. Whatever her situation was, Jesus didn't condemn her as an immoral person. She believed that Jesus was a prophet, Someone who could speak God's word. So she asked him about the big religious disagreement between Jews and Samaritans. They had this conflict over where to worship God. Um, on Mount Gerizim up in Samaria, where they had built a shrine hundreds of years before. Or at the temple in Jerusalem, where all the Jews worshipped. So she asked him to weigh in on this disagreement. But Jesus stepped right over the religious argument. He said... A time is coming and is now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Well, the woman responded, I know that the Messiah, the Christ, is coming. He will explain everything to us. They were waiting for a chosen one from God who would come and set everything to rights. And Jesus said, I the one speaking to you, I am he. Well, just then, his disciples returned, and they were surprised to find him talking to a woman. She left her water jar behind, ran back to the town, and told everyone, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. He can't be the Messiah, can he? And sure enough, they came to meet Jesus, and many of them came to believe that he is the Savior of the world. 
The Gospel of Luke tells us that later in his ministry, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. He boldly set a course toward his own suffering and death. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night that he would, betray, would be betrayed, Jesus went off by himself to pray. He could easily have just snuck away from it all. In fact, he prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. Don't let me go through this suffering. But not what I want, but what you want. Let your will be done. Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we have life. He gives us the power to act with boldness in the service of others. Jesus gives us the living water that flows through us to give life to the world. Several years ago, right around the time my family and I came to Story City, Emmanuel had a YMT, a youth ministry team member, with Riverside Bible Camp, named Molly Myers. Molly went on to study at uh, study nursing and uh, is now an RN at the hospital in Minneapolis. And on this Sunday morning, she posted a verse from Joshua 1, Be strong and of good courage. And she went on to say this, this is a verse that's on repeat in my brain. One I hope for all my fellow healthcare workers on the front lines during this current pandemic. Here's what we know. We are here to care for you and your loved ones. And we will do what we can with the resources we have. Please help us care for those in most need. Limit your contact over the, these next few weeks Spend time with those you are sharing a living space with. Read those dusty books you have on a shelf. Send some notes and letters to friends and family. Meditate. Pray. Find moments to be still. Laugh. Cry. Dance. This can truly be a moment when we see humanity come together as we practice being kind and wise. So say it with me. Be strong and of good courage. Christ gives us the boldness and the courage we need to follow him and help heal the world. Here's a prayer from um, today's daily texts from Mount Carmel Ministries, based on Psalm 104 and 2 Peter 2. Faithful Provider, you give food to us in such abundance. Body and soul are fed and renewed daily. You know our needs, even before we ask for anything. Forgive our obsession for saving for tomorrow and ignoring our neighbor's needs today. May we find peace and joy in sharing your generous gifts of love with others now.